The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? All right, we got Will Cain. Thanks to Todd McShay, as always, for that hour on Wednesdays. Always a lot of fun here on the Rosilla Show, presented by Progressive Insurance. Comparing rates to help you save. Now that's Progressive. Call or click today to find out how much Progressive can save you. Kirby Hocutt, that whole deal might happen today. Uh, I don't want to do this thing where I'm teasing it, teasing it, teasing it. So here's the deal. He'll either be on, and it'll be a big surprise for everybody, or he won't be. And we'll do it again later this week. Just, you know, it ends up becoming this thing where you're doing the show, and it's not anybody's fault. People get busy. But I've done it in the past where I tease and tease and tease. I think Kevin Love, Houston All-Star Game, Van Pelt and I, we teased Kevin Love nine segments in a row, and then we never had him on the show. How'd that impact your relationship? We ran into Kevin later that night in Houston, and he goes, hey, guys. And we were like, no. I was. Van Pelt's friendlier than I am. You haven't told me yet, and I forgot to ask who your celebrity stiff arm is coming from. Yeah, that's right. So the beginning of the day today, I have this guest that I want to have on, a guy that I met recently, and he told me this amazing story that I want to share with everybody. May even do it in the sit-down. It's so good, okay? And he gave me his number. He goes, yeah, take down my number. Cool, anytime. And... I sent him a text right before the show, and I said, hey, it's Rosillo. You up here again at all? And I get a who and where. The where is hurtful, but it's because of the who. He doesn't know who it is. He doesn't even know what the hell I'm talking about. I'm surprised I even get that response. So we haven't even crafted the response yet. I don't know what to do. Yeah, and the who is hurtful because you said who it was. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not just... And the thing is, you gave the last name. If you yeah, said, hey, it's Ryan, maybe you can maybe. get a who, Yeah, but you gave last name. Can I get a what? Nope. Nothing. None of those things. The Cavs are in the news, and they've been in the news now since the start of the season because we know they're the Cavs, right? It's LeBron. It's all those things. But right now, they are 7-7. Seven and seven. They consistently are terrible against bad teams, so maybe that's a sign that they're good against some of the good teams. They've won two in a row, but it's at the Mavericks. It's against the Knicks, which was kind of a fun game. They are currently, uh, they've been the worst team defensively in the NBA, and statistically, they still are behind only your Dallas Mavericks. And, like, I mean a bad, bad defensive team. Howard Beck, Bleacher Report, longtime NBA writer, knows his stuff, had from an executive that everyone should be on the table, meaning if this team is this bad defensively, if this team is still really bad, that they should look into trading Kevin Love, maybe the pick that they have from the Celtics via the Nets, or even LeBron James. Okay, well. I want you to take it anywhere you want to go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I agree with Howard Beck in theory. I mean, LeBron has a no-trade clause. Now, so this is the we can do source whole... telling, telling Beck this. That's right. right. Beck is, uh, in the, the source is, is referenced as what? An NBA a front executive? front office, yes, executive. It's a really broad term, by the way, right? A front office executive? Well, I don't think he's with Chase. <laughs> huh? I think he's with an NBA team. No, 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 no. But even at that, do you, who gets credit for being a front office executive? It does seem, but if it weren't, if it were somebody else that I didn't really know, and it's maybe I'd question a little bit more. My guess is Howard Beck's getting it from somebody who works. It's not a GM, but it could be a scout. I mean, sometimes you're a little vague about it to protect the source. Mm-hmm. Are you immediately going after the source before we get to the topic? No, it just as we sat and worked our way through it, I realized what does front office executive mean? Because in your mind, it's like president of basketball operations or GM. And you're like, really? One of those guys said it? But I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to accept it as true because Howard Beck is great and because I want to. And second. (laughs) The second part being more important. And second, I'm also now going to require that we set aside LeBron's no trade clause. (laughs) Yes. Also doing that. Right. 
yeah, you're right. The Cavs should put everything on the table. Definitely. They wouldn't trade him ever. And they'd be stupid to trade him. What could you get for half a year of LeBron? Well, you can, this is not a guy you can trade for. LeBron is the most powerful athlete in team sports that we have ever seen. Okay, great. What could you get for him? <laughs> uh, I think the Mavs would be out of it. I think so. You want to do this? See, I wasn't really prepared for this. Because the Celtics, well, he's never playing in Boston. Okay, we, we can start that. And he's certainly now not going to go there to play with Kyrie. Um, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that one's happening. I want that. I, I'm going to openly root for that. Yeah, and as Lakers fans are going, will they take Randall and Clarkson and a pick? No, that's 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 a no. I mean, that's the problem in the NBA. That the there's no deal that makes sense. You can't do this game because you're not going to be able to go. Well, that's commiserate value because there is no value that adds up to. That's what LeBron James is worth. The only analysis is you get him for six months. So therefore, how close are you to a title right now? What teams actually? The way we talk about LeBron. Every team he puts into contention. So maybe the Mavs are on the list. You you never know. Like LeBron doesn't put the Mavs in contention. So Rudy, your your position. What you just said there, though. What was your premise about LeBron and the Sixers over those years? Do you remember? No. And I'm talking about the bad Sixers teams, not the fun one that we have this year. Oh, that he would make that they would make the playoffs if LeBron was on their team. If LeBron gets traded to the Mavericks right now, do they make the playoffs this year? See, this was this this argument was peak LeBron. I don't know, like 32, 33-year-old LeBron, I'm not sure. What is he, 31, 32? Uh, 33 at the end of the year? I think peak LeBron, yes, the Mavs are in the playoffs. The reason that we bring this up is you're trying to ask, you try to ask yourself, what's the market? Like, who would legitimately say, I'm going to sacrifice my future for six months of LeBron right here? How many teams would get in on that? But, all right, so you're you're just ruling out that he would... The, the, the problem you would have on your hands gutting a team to trade for him and then him not being well he wouldn't he wouldn't do it if he wasn't going to be into it uh if you go back and look at some of those sixers teams let's look at the worst one here what's the worst one we got a 10 and 72 team there was a nine win team wasn't there uh no 10 and 72 is the worst one out of that group so you think a team <laughs> name it give me the roster okay uh your starters were Nerlens, Jeremy Grant, Ish Smith, Robert Covington. Okafor actually started 48 games. Off the bench, Stauskas, Cannon, Hollis Thompson, TJ McConnell. You think that team makes the playoffs with peak LeBron? Well, you're probably right, especially in the East. I mean, yeah, we're, talking the East, about, we're, right. we're talking about 500 team. Do you think they win a, a playoff? They're not going to beat a first-round team, but he was the first-round team, so you got to think of it that way. Like the first-round team last year? That Celtics team that's the number one seed is not a great team. Yeah, you're right. He was the first-round seed. So you ask yourself those. Yeah, you don't have to beat LeBron. You have what to year beat was like, that 10-win season? Uh, two years ago. 2015-2016 Sixers. Okay, so you're taking him off the Cavs and just switching him over to the other side of the court. Do they now win? Yeah, so he's he's dumping it into the post to Jaleel or Nerlens. You know, Ish Smith is running pick and pop with him. Covington is... Nailing three. Covington's and... <laughs> over in the corner, right. although he doesn't miss at all. What are we what are we basically saying? Could that team beat like the Wizards or like the Raptors? Yeah. I think <laughs> so they probably it's, could. It's not just okay, so we can all we can all agree with this part. Like this is a fun little thing, and it's a really good nugget from one source that gives you the whole premise of the discussion. Not only is it not happening, it shouldn't happen. Right? They're not giving up at any point this year, even if they're five hundred 
late in February, 50 games into this thing. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think a 500 Cavs team still, you bank on LeBron bringing it together by the end of this season. Yes. All right. Yeah. Do we solve anything? Rosillo Show, Will Kane here. Get in touch with us at Rosillo Show, 1-800-Flowers.com, Twitter feed. Okay, up next, we do this with big-time programs. We did it with Auburn. We're going to run through all of these college football programs that maybe feel a little disappointing today and ask them who they think they are and who they actually are with Will Kane. That's next on ESPN Radio. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously, because he knows you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. Damian Woody up a little bit later. We got our college football rankings. We'll get back to that. Diana Brasini is going to join us on the phone. She's all over the NFL stuff. Um, she's visited with a couple of teams. She's been pretty close on the Saints stuff. Uh, one of the better teams in the league this year. But as we look at college football, not just the rankings and the matchups this weekend, every program that feels unfulfilled right now, okay, there are certain programs when you're down, you know you're going to be back up again. You expect to be back up. But I think there are other groups of programs where you go, what if the best is behind us? Isn't that kind of a scary thing just in life to go? Like, I have those conversations with myself. I'm like, what if this is it? What if this is the best it's ever going to be? Not that this is bad. But I go, what if I've you peaked. were? What I have if, peaked. Yeah. Like, think how many of your high school friends have peaked. Yeah, man. Some of, your, some of you guys right now, and I'm not calling out you, but you're. This you, is as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah, but you have, you have a couple friends that in high school, they go, man, that was it. That was the best. That's why I think child actors have so many problems. I think that's why famous people that are super famous, young and successful, you go, this will probably be the best it's ever going to be. Like you could argue right now, for me, this is it. I don't believe that, but it wouldn't be a shock. you know. But if you, you don't go, believe it, it probably isn't. No, I don't, I don't believe it. Do you think this is the best it's ever going to be for you? Or Definitely you, have you, not. <laughs> has it, have you already peaked? <laughs> okay, so here's the question. Is the Tennessee Vols football program your buddy from high school that peaked? I think there's also the have you already peaked aspect of, but also like this is who you are. You keep thinking you're going to be a star. You keep thinking you're going to marry up. You keep thinking you're going to make some money sooner or later. But at some point, this is who you are. And I think that's what we were asking. Who are you? Yeah, who are you? So who's who does Tennessee think they are? Who are they? I love this game with college football. 
Here's Tennessee over the last several years, right? 2016, 9 and 4. 2015, 9 and 4. 2014, 7 and 6. Then it gets real ugly. It's one, two, three years of five and seven, one year of six and seven, below 500. So who is Tennessee? Hey, Tennessee, for those that may be a little bit younger, but Tennessee was a squad. Tennessee was a team that I always felt like, okay, I'm excited to watch Tennessee. They always have great players. They're in the mix, winning national titles, playing for one. You know, what's Tennessee, like, that's who they are. I don't know if that's ever going to happen again. And the people that know the sport better than I do will tell you it's just a little bit different. You got to factor in airports, you got to factor in TV, you got to factor in that it's not as special in Knoxville now as it used to be. So that's not as obtainable. So everybody looks at Alabama. Like, how many programs in the SEC look at Alabama going, we should be Alabama? Does Tennessee look at Alabama saying we should be Alabama? Because I would tell them they're probably wrong. But if Florida did it, I would say Florida has more of a right to claim that they should be closer to Alabama than Tennessee does. Okay, let's answer these questions. Let's do it for a bunch of schools. But I want to tell you this. Part of it's going to be painted by who they were when you were arriving in your sweet spot, maybe when you were peaking. Because think about this. Ryan, from 1995 to 2004, Tennessee had seven seasons. That's a 10-year span. Seven seasons of 10 victories or more. That's why I... You're right. Maybe I'm Where were too. Were you in '95, '96? Well, that's when I first started caring right. about. The, like when I was a kid, I was watching college football, but that's when it really started cranking up. I remember bartending and screaming about Peyton Manning against Ryan Leaf, like just having these debates, cutting limes and going, "No, I'm a Leaf guy. No, I'm a Manning guy." And all about you know what I mean. Like Tennessee was always on my radar, probably when I was most impressionable and started thinking about a career in sports. But I think it's crazy to think that there's a bunch of Tennessee fans going, "No, no, if we did that before, why can't we do it again?" Here's I, Here's who I think Tennessee is. I think Tennessee's average is nine win season. That's what they should. That's not a below average year for Tennessee. How often should they be playing for a national championship? All right, hold on. They should be in contention for the SEC championship once every five years, okay? Which immediately puts you into national championship conversation. I'm not saying they should be playing in the national championship game once every five years. I'm not sure they should be playing for the national championship once every 10 years. But they should be in contention for the SEC once every five years. That means SEC championship games, that means 9, 10, 11 wins in those kind of time frames. That's what they should expect. What do you think? That's I still think it's a lot. Too, too much for Tennessee to expect to be going to the SEC championship game? Once every five years? Yes. No, that's, that, that's not too much. That's not too much. But then I start thinking of the national part of it, and Tennessee's probably thinking that's a little too low for us. I think Nebraska is dangerously close, maybe even more so than Tennessee, to being, hey, you know what, Nebraska? You peaked in high school. You had a great car. You're a little bit older. Your mustache came in earlier. Girls, you know from, girls from the other town liked you. Nebraska says, you know what? Ron Russillo wants a Thunderbird. Yeah. So sometimes it comes back around, and it's coming back. Who we were, we're not changing. You are. And it's going to come back around to us. Yeah, I see. If I'm a Nebraska fan, deep down, in an honest moment, I'm going, I don't think we're ever going to be what we were. Do you think? You could do some really weird, nerdy stuff here and start looking at population. You can start going, like, which recruit outside of Nebraska that's a really good recruit goes, you know what? I want to go to Nebraska. Yeah, look at Nebraska, man. No, I just can't do it. I can't. I can't put them in the box you're putting them in. Look, man, 
All... Like, what's a safer bet? The Nebraska gets back to national title contention every five years, or you're never going to touch that again. I know where I'd put my money. Look, man, for 20 years, Nebraska had like four <laughs> seasons where they didn't win 10 games. And those were nine games they won. For 20 seasons from the mid-70s. I don't even want to go back because it's even better the further you go back. From the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. I mean, you, in, even in the 2000s. It's really about... So you telling me that's obtainable again? Is yes. It, there's a, I can't bet against history like that. I can't do it. I can't do it. So, Nebraska we, has right, a, so we put our money in the other side of that. Nebraska has a right. They're entitled to believe they should be They should be winning what? the Big Ten. Nebraska should be looking at this going, you know what? Ohio State? Michigan? You kidding me? We're Nebraska. We should be in this. Do you think Michigan is Ohio State? They're not Ohio State. But... I respect their entitlement. <laughs> so you don't think they're Ohio State. I agree with you. But we both think it's okay for them to think they are. Yeah. Okay, we agree. You don't think Tennessee... Which guy is that, by the way? Like, he's not quite as good-looking as his buddy, but he walks around thinking it and carries himself beach like house. that. And so you end up respecting him. Good beach house location <laughs> guy. Like, we don't really like him. He's not even, not even in shape. But... He's got a sick beach house, and it just opens up doors to all sorts of things. So you're, it's okay for you to have an inflated opinion of yourself. Okay, do me, do me, do me. Texas. All right, I'm glad you're asking about the football team. <laughs> um, I have no problem with any Texas fan going, whatever this is, this is a blip, and we're going to be in this thing at some point not just having a one-year shot at a national championship, but competing for national championships. To hold that, to have that standard as a Texas fan, I'm completely okay with. You should be that arrogant. You should see yourself that way. If you're Texas, you should look at Alabama and go, that's who we should be. Okay. And I'm okay with that. Why do you think that you're okay with that? Because I think that's, that's how I look at Texas. And I also know that there was a stretch where Alabama wasn't in the preseason top 25 for six years. So as unbelievable as this Bama run is... They had a stretch where you go, oh, yeah, Bama, that's weird. They're kind of It makes me now. happy that yeah. you say that. Because that's how you feel? <laughs> of course I feel that way. But, look, I'm from Texas. No one's more familiar with the counterargument than someone from Texas. Because nobody What's hates the counterargument? The, nobody hates the University of Texas more than the people that went to all the other schools in Texas. And they say this, nice, you had the 60s, you had the 70s. You know what, the 80s, they weren't too great. And the 90s, they weren't too great either. You had a nice run in the 2000s, and now you're back to who you were in the 80s and 90s. They're saying... They say specifically, you're not Alabama. I think Texas should be because of money, recruiting, size, all of those okay, so, reasons. Right. Like, so the anti-Texas argument, um, you can not like Texas, okay? I, and I understand. But, but when it starts becoming personal and emotional and tied to who you root against or root for, like those people are usually the, the worst opinions to listen to, okay? I'm not... No, I like the choice. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Not, I'm You're not neutral root, arbiter. I'm not Good. some other Big 12 fan who hates on Texas. Yeah, I like Tom Herman, but I, I'm just that's how I see it. So what like if somebody goes that's who Texas is? Yeah, we agree that Texas is not Alabama right now. But if you're telling me that Texas should feel more like Auburn, okay, or that Texas should look at themselves more like Tennessee and be happy with that, and that's and the think, point. That's just not true. Accepting not, who you are, and that's not even a knock on Auburn. But the problem for Auburn is, is that you're in the same state as that other team. And we have done this. You know, I've talked about it. Auburn, Auburn sees Alabama and sees themselves, and we say no. But yet here's Auburn who wanted. 
I don't know how many people, but the conversation around Gus Malzahn was like, eh, time to move on. And you go, dude, you guys played for two national championships and won one in four years, and you fired the guy to keep Gus, bring him back, and now you want him out? And guess what? Some people think they're the best team in college football again with two losses. This year, right. Auburn should be happy. Yeah, how bad do you have it, Auburn? Right. Not that bad. <laughs> the Rosillo Show with Will Kane, reminding you if you're at work, you stream all three hours of the show on ESPNRadio.com. Damian Woody on the history of dialect and Tyrod Taylor. It's ESPN Radio. Nobody's trying to stop me. No, nothing is beyond me. I'm coming at you faster. No stopping what matters. Now that Human Resources VP Meg Ward has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent, and time, she's totally owning it at work. She even has her own hype song. I'm going to blow it up now. My workforce is really diverse. You know, different hours, different skill sets, different pay grades. We're motivating and engaging the right people every step of the way. Kronos, hey, HR solutions for the modern workforce. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. As you just heard in the Sports Center update, UCLA players suspended indefinitely. We got Damian Woody here, though, uh, and it's Will Kane, the Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio, also known as the homie Damian Woody. Uh, why is that still funny? I don't know. We're I just talked about we, this. I know. We, I think because we we've gotten older, but it's still kind of in vogue. Now, I wouldn't imagine like my like my daughter, my oldest kid is eighteen. If I said the homie, like she would just die laugh, like. Dad, really? Like she nobody that uses that. That sounds old, man. To say it. it sounds old, but like the OGs say it all the time. See, OG, there you go. OG, then. see, you know, Will. You know, <laughs> did you say that out in Pepperdine? Like, oh, like, yeah, what, he's an OG. What, he's I told an OG. You we, I told you men to go. What we said back at Pepperdine, right? Like, marks at the day, menace to society was big, right? So we'd call people marks. Yeah, in Malibu. <laughs> I remember Menace to Society Mark. being so big because back where I grew up, and this is how stupid some of the video rentals places would be, is they'd have one copy of it. You know, so you go, you'd be dying to get Menace to Society, and it'd always be out. And then you go to Blockbuster, at least where I grew up on an island, and then you get to the mainland and be like, they have ten copies of it. Right, this is amazing. Hey, like, what a concept! <laughs> Everybody's trying to rent this one movie, and you have one copy. So, Mark was your big thing. Well, I just just one I remember. I don't. How about this? All right. I know we want to get to Tyrod Taylor here in just a minute. What is your pet term of endearment that you're letting another guy know we're doing something like collegial here? We say word. Uh, me and my friends say it all the time. We just go, all right, hey, where are we meeting up? All right, I'm going to be at this place, 10 o'clock. All right, word. And when I use it with a younger group, I get ridiculed. Word? Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this? Oh, yeah, they'll yeah. look at you sideways. Yeah. Like, I'll say, I'll say bet. But I get like real animated with it. Like, oh, okay, we doing this? Bet, bet, bet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, when you say bet, though, do people get it or do people? I mean, you, how many daughters you got? Four. They must just destroy you every day. Well, they destroy me because when I post things on social media, oh, sometimes no. they're like, oh, dad, no, like, yeah. what? Right. No, like their friends think I'm like, oh, your dad is cool. But then they'll be like, dad, you're so lame. Like, you're embarrassing me. Like, literally, they say that almost every day. Dad, you're really embarrassing me on social media. I have a theory about men that have, like, almost all females at home, whether it's the wife or just all daughters, because I've noticed it kind of with my dad because I was gone and, and out of the house, and that it's almost, do you feel defeated when you're at home? 
<laughs> I found myself. I can picture Damien. I found myself um, escaping to different places. I do because what happens yeah, when is you like come they, here, you're so happy. I am. I'm great. This is like my dude. You guys understand? This is like my therapy. This is great. Like Don't when cry. I get the, oh when God. I get to kick it with the homies here. Right. Like, yeah. Bet. Yeah. Word. <laughs> no, Ryan. Your but Ryan, your your term is the same as mine. I've noticed it. It's man. Oh yeah, that one, man. I go thanks, hey, man. man. Yeah, and that means, yeah, you do say that. Yeah, you and do I do it as well. Yeah. And that means, to some extent, I like you. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Okay. <laughs> All right. Here with the homie Damian Woody in studio. Tyrod Taylor bench. Nathan Peterman in. I feel like it's like a lot of quarterbacks, but there's there's numbers you can find things to go. This is completely unfair, but you can also go to the evidence that he's been basically abandoned now by two different regimes in Buffalo. What is fair about Tyrod Taylor, the quarterback, now the rest of the way for him. You know, this is a tough situation. You know, a lot of times when when things start going south, people want to kind of point the finger, make a ch- got to make a change somewhere. You can't make wholesale change, but you, you usually got to start in the place where it's obvious. And is this whole thing on Tyrod? Absolutely not. I mean, you look at Buffalo the, the past couple weeks, the Jets ran for like 300 yards against them on Thursday night football. Then the Saints came back and rushed for like six touchdowns. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with Tyrod Taylor, but obviously he hasn't been performing up to par. The offense hasn't been, you know, moving the ball downfield. There haven't been a lot of chunk plays. So if you're trying to ignite something, start something, especially with a front office coach that doesn't have any loyalty to Tyrod Taylor. They didn't bring Tyrod Taylor. You've noticed Taylor. that, though, right? Like Herm always tells us, he goes, when I made the switch from Vinny to, I think it was Chad Pennington at the time, and he, he went to Vinny, he goes, this isn't even about you. I just need, I need the locker room to be different. Yeah, sometimes you just need a you just need a spark. You need something. You need to see something. And I think that's really the what's really going on in Buffalo right now. Buffalo before the, before they played the Jets on Thursday night football, I mean they were sitting at five and two. People were yeah, talking a lot about them. I know. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. People were talking highly about Buffalo, and now you drop two straight games in embarrassing fashion. You know, fashion. Now people are like saying, "Okay, I don't get it. Though. We we we, we got to do something." You don't yeah, get what. I don't get the Tyrod benching. I know he had an awful game against the Saints, but he's completing like 64% of his passes, 10 touchdowns. I know the overall numbers are good against the Jets, but I think when that game was still in play, he wasn't very good either. Against You're talking about it, against the Jets, you said? Yeah, he had he had a game against the Jets where they look, they were down big. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter. I yeah, personally they were, watching yeah, that game. Yeah, they, overall, were getting, they were getting embarrassed. His overall numbers actually look really good. I didn't think he was good in that game. No, he wasn't good in that game. They were getting embarrassed by the Jets on Thursday Night Football. And again, you follow up with the Saints just totally dismantle Buffalo at home. Like, totally. just totally dismantle okay, Buffalo. Okay, but here's the flip side of this equation then. How good are the Saints? Saints are really good. Really, really good. Think about this. Saints, we, we seem like we've been talking forever about their defense being historically bad. Saints might have the best defense in the league right now. I mean, the way they're able to turn the ball over on defense, that's really reminiscent of when they went to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees was on fire, and the, de- and the defense was just getting turnovers like crazy. It's the same formula that they have going on right now. I mean, they're they're right at the top in a lot of you know a lot of different defensive defensive you know categories. Mm-hmm. So the Saints right now, they might be the best team in the NFC. I mean, I, so I know too. Philly Philly is there, but man, the Saints look really really good right now. If so, you told me you're going to get a top five defense, top five offense, and a Hall of Fame quarterback. I, you can I'm take that. that one. You can take that a long way. 
You can take that long one. So let's play this game right now. If we went NFC against the AFC, because everybody feels like the AFC has a couple teams at the top and then just a bunch of – and then it feels like it goes so much deeper in the NFC. Neutral field, Eagles-Steelers, who would you take? Eagles. Okay, neutral field, I think we'll know where this one goes. Minnesota or New England? New England. Okay, neutral field, the three seed. Kansas City against the Saints. I'm going Saints. All right. Fourth seed, Rams against the Titans. Rams. Five seed, Carolina against the Jags. They're kind of similar. Come on. I'm going to Carolina quarterback. The the quarterback is a big difference. Yeah, the best version of that quarterback is still a hell of a lot better. better better Blake Bortles, right. All right. Uh, Seattle's your sixth seed against the Bills, who just benched their quarterback. Still in the playoffs, though. (laughs) Yeah, so I think your point is being made right here. Like NFC you pick is, one. I picked one team in the AFC to beat. And that was like the best versus the worst Mercy. possible setup. I, I think you'd probably pick a bunch of the teams behind number two Minnesota right now in their own conference. They just happen to be the two with the tiebreakers. Yeah, I mean, listen, NFC is they're tough. There's a lot of really good teams in the NFC right now. All right, the homie, Damian Woody. Thanks, man. Giving you the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. Has Trump solved China, North Korea, and the Pac-12 in one day? It's ESPN Radio. (laughs) An interesting creature inhabits the flat, arid plains of many an automobile dashboard. The bobblehead. It's most agreeable and will nod along to anything, despite having no brain function. But when the bobblehead hears how Geico not only saves people money, but also gives them access to licensed agents 24-7 online and over the phone, he'll nod even more vigorously because he knows you should switch. Because, yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Easy, bobblehead, easy. You're going to get whiplash. I just realized, because I spent the whole day with Smallman, and we went down to New York City, and we were in the car forever, um, we need to bring that back, reading Smallman's DMs on Instagram. Really? Yeah. I would like that. Is that going to be eye-opening for me, Smallman? Uh, It's like 73% creepy. Really? Yeah. Slow. We got in trouble the last time we did it. No, did we get in trouble for doing the DM part? I think we got in trouble for trying to set you up, which I totally understand. So we won't ever do that again. Yeah, let's but avoid that this time around. We won't do that, but I don't think we got in trouble for reading the DMs. No, that was just, you know, kind of the all... vessel to get you to try to hook me up with strangers. Okay, all right. Let's not hook you up with strangers. Let's read the DMs. And I have to say, there's some people on Twitter and various social media platforms, small one that have your back. Conversation we had earlier, you're not in on Tom Hardy. Apparently, there's several other ladies out there that are like, Tom Hardy, not hot. Okay, you can find him on a tra- – you could say he's not people's sexiest man of the year, but to say he's just not attractive, that's where I put my foot down. She said that. I Googled him. Wasn't that thrilled. I think yeah, Tom Hardy well, is what guys – Is it a swag thing? Like, if I saw him acting, would I have a different perception of him, you think? Maybe. Yep. Okay. I think he's also what guys – are A, allowed to, and B, think is good looking. He's so good in Warrior. Like I told her in there, you know who's good looking? You know who's in there? Killian Murphy. Do you know who that is? Peaky Blinders. And she said unfriendly things to me after that. We are back on TV. Yeah, what's up, ESPN News? Uh, Double thumbs up. Speaking of thumbs up, speaking of good looking, we were told by LeVar Ball that LiAngelo got the looks even though LaMelo and Lonzo are the better players, and we know that LiAngelo has been suspended indefinitely with two UCLA teammates for the allegations of stealing in China. They were in the hotel room there for a couple days. 
Uh, here's Leangelo uh, on his return to the States. I also apologize to the people of China for causing them so much trouble. I'm a young man. However, it's not an excuse for making a really stupid decision. I don't feel sorry for myself, and I've learned my lesson from this big mistake, and I'm 110% sure that I'll not make a bad decision like this one again. Uh, I would never beat up on the kid. Even if I don't like the dad, I, I would never. I mean, that's brutal to be that young and it's this international yeah. incident. Yeah. So it is. I, I'm sympathetic to him at this I point. I am too. And I generally, by the way, am sympathetic to players, allegations, and second chances. But let me just ask you a quick question, okay? You don't have to get into this too deep. I had this entire debate on first take this morning. They should be suspended, right? They're suspended indefinitely, which always sounds worse than it actually is. Here's You want to hear Steve Alford on it? Yeah. Okay, here's the head coach. They're going to have to regain the trust of this athletic department, of this university. And because this was such a high-profile international matter, the trust of the general public. Trust is earned. It isn't just given. These three young men will remain suspended indefinitely from our program as we work through the review process with the university's Office of Student Conduct. During that indefinite suspension, they will not travel with the team, nor will they suit up for home games. At some point, they may be permitted to join team workouts, practices, and meetings, but that timeline has yet to be determined. They will have to earn their way back. They will cooperate fully with the university review of this matter. Oh, we got it. Yeah, we got that. Do you think they should be suspended? Uh, I can understand the team suspending them. Did you see Jay Williams and Seth Greenberg get into this last night? I did not. Yeah, they got into it. Jay Williams said, couple games. Seth Greenberg, entire season. They had a heated debate. It carried over to first take today where Max Kellerman made the entire season. That's where I am, man. You think it should be the whole season? Yeah. I don't. Max said the punishment, Max Kellerman on first take, has already been meted out. Being a part of this incident was punishment enough. And I just humbly disagree. Maybe not humbly, but I disagree. <laughs> I think being part, a, uh, go ahead. I think being part of an international incident, the president of the United States steps in to ensure that you don't receive an unjust punishment of three to ten years, and staying in a five-star hotel for two weeks isn't learning your lesson. Okay, I, I understand, that. and it, also we're being reminded here from Sarudi, which is a good point. That he, Seth Greenberg thought that Grayson Allen should have been suspended for the entire year, and the Grayson Allen thing. The first time I'm like, ah, whatever. And then I was kind of tripping stuff. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is kind of punishment enough. He's the lead of sports center for a bunch of mornings in a row. And then it keeps happening and you go, okay, what are we doing with this guy? I do think that Trump's tweet where he said, do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say, thank you, President Trump? They were headed for 10 years in jail, exclamation point. Uh, They were not headed for 10 years in jail. How do you know that? Because they'd already had him on hotel arrest. Do you think they were going to spend 10 years in a Chinese jail? I do not know, and I do not prognosticate on the justice system of China, which has no good history of either human rights or consistent meeting out of punishment. So Trump got him off. I didn't say that, but I think, look. But your your how do you know leads me to believe that you think that Trump actually did hook him up. Well, I think the other side of the equation is, hey, they're going to get out of this anyway. He's taking credit for something he didn't do. Which politicians never do. I've made it very clear my position on Trump. Maybe not clear enough because a lot of people seem to be misconceiving this, but you got to give credit where credit is due, man. He stepped in, and hours later, they're on a plane. That's not the same thing as me suggesting that the 10-year thing may have been an exaggeration. You're right. But, all right, we have a hard out. <laughs>